Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we're going to discuss emergency preparedness with Minnesota's Homeland Security Emergency Management and get an update from the Minneapolis VA. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mackey. When people think about the military, they often think about service members deployed overseas. What is unique about the National Guard is their additional roles. During Super Bowl 52, more than 450 soldiers and airmen supported security operations and law enforcement agencies. In 2017, more than 110 Minnesota soldiers and airmen were activated for hurricane relief efforts in Texas, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. In June of 2017, the Minnesota National Guard supported the Minnesota State Patrol on locating three missing paddlers in the Boundary Waters Canoe Area. Also, in December of 2017, we opened our armories to several communities to shelter Minnesotans during extreme cold weather. With a force of more than 13,000 strong, we are proud to serve the great state of Minnesota and our nation. Thank you, General Mackey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Joining me now is Joe Kelly, who is the director of Minnesota's Homeland Security and Emergency Management, which is part of the Minnesota Department of Public Safety. And uh, he's a retired Brigadier General. General Kelly, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Well, hi, Tom. It's really good to be back. It's just stunning to me how time flies, because here we are one more time uh, doing our annual spring preparedness program as Minnesota goes through its change of seasons. And, General, uh, for the last uh, half a dozen times I think you've been on the show or called into the show, we've had one topic that's the above all, and it's the worldwide pandemic. And I hope we put that in our rearview mirror now. Well, I'm not ready to declare victory, Tom, but but we, we seem to have it on the run, and conditions are, are improving dramatically. Um, case rates, uh, positivity rates, all those things are down. Hospital capacity, as important as anything, is back within manageable limits. So uh, we are feeling things getting back to normal. There's a phrase out there now called getting to the next normal, and I think that's uh, kind of where we are. We're all hopeful, but we will and do continue to do some contingency planning if we have to respond to another surge. But for now, it's uh, it's all good news, and I'm, I'm going to choose to enjoy that. And you're not spending your days in the emergency operations center uh, every day now? No, not every day. We we still, uh, the, the world record we set uh, um, at the beginning of this thing of 475 continuous days of uh, level one activation are behind us. But we remain, we remain active, and a lot of my days and my staff go towards supporting the, the pandemic response. But it is it is winding down, and we're seeing things um, uh, hopefully transition from some of the crisis mode and operations we've been in and transferring a lot of those uh, functions back to the private sector where it belongs with clinics and pharmacies and health care centers. Well, sir, uh, you were named as Director of Homeland Security Emergency Management here in Minnesota in January 2015. I don't know where all that time went, sir, but uh, now that the pandemic's kind of behind us, do you remember what uh, normal emergencies means? Well, yes and no. I do remember because uh, we have continued to have them uh, throughout the course of the of the of the coronavirus pandemic since January of 2020. Uh, not counting the pandemic, we've had 17 uh, declared disasters in Minnesota. They've all been uh, governor level requests, but they've been for everything from uh, floods. Um, tornadoes, straight line winds. And in fact, uh, the middle of December, um, the 15th of December, we had the latest ever recorded tornado outbreak in Minnesota history down in southeast Minnesota that caused widespread damage to eight counties. So 
we've kept our uh, we've kept our hands in the in the natural disaster business at the same time. But it'll be good to focus exclusively on that and the other emergency preparedness things we do, and kind of put this public health experience behind us. Yes, sir. We're speaking with Joe Kelly, director of Homeland Security and Emergency Management in Minnesota on Minnesota Military Radio. Uh, General, we've uh, over the years we've talked a lot about when there isn't a, a worldwide pandemic and other things on your plate uh, about all the organizations that you work with. Because if there's if there's a flood, if there's spring melting, if there's tornadoes, there's different organizations all over Minnesota. And and we've talked before about when there's an emergency, that's no time to open up your your Rolodex and try to meet somebody. It is, as the old saying, excuse me, goes, that is not the time to start exchanging uh, business cards. Our profession is predicated on relationships. Uh, The virtual world we've lived in uh, since the pandemic and uh, kind of the isolation of that has has made it hard to form new ones and grow them. But But I think we really have learned, I have learned the value of putting that personal relationship equity in the bank while you can uh, for when you get to circumstances like this where you don't have the ability to interact closely with each other, um, you can draw on that. So um, I guess one of the things I think I've learned during this virtual era is when you have the opportunity to be in person, form relationships, collaborate, develop teamwork, you really need to do it because you might have to fall back on that when you're separated from each other. Uh, sir, you've got the uh, Emergency Operations Center over in St. Paul, and we're going to talk later in the show about the uh, new one that's on, on the drawing boards. And, of course, you've uh, you've built the Homeland Security Emergency Management uh, building up at Camp Ripley a few years back, and, and uh, you use that a lot to get together with all kinds of different agencies all over Minnesota from the state patrol to the sheriffs to everybody. Can you just tell us how many how, how much do you use that facility and, and how many agencies come to to work together? Well, and um, I don't have the exact numbers. Uh, I would tell you, though, that we haven't used it as much in the last two years, but we have restarted that process with in-person training and meetings and the like. But it is it is a real resource, um, like Camp Ripley itself being located in just about the smack dab geographic center of the state. A lot of our local partners, emergency management, public works guys, law enforcement, fire service, they like to go to the Emergency Management Training Center because it's center of the state. Uh, Camp Ripley is convenient and, and hospitable when we when we go there. And, of course, the guys from the cities like to talk about how much they like the parking in the Little Falls and Morrison County than compared to some of the urban areas. Like downtown Minneapolis or St. Paul. Amen. In general, I remember a few years back there was some flooding up in Duluth, and, and one of the things we talked about was they needed some help, and as I recall, they needed some uh, some big dump trucks and some other things, and you were able to coordinate with, uh, I think it was MnDOT and some other agencies to get them up there and not only take care of the emergency, but then figure out how do you pay for that afterwards? Yeah, and that, that that's kind of the, the main core of our disaster emergency response and disaster recovery business. When when you think about the State Emergency Operations Center, I like to remind people that's it's not an agency. It's it's a it's a facility, and my team hosts folks that come from all sorts of state and federal agencies that have resources, that have stuff like MinDOT that had those dump trucks that we could deploy uh, to to a flooded area. Um, so that that is that is the work that we do in the state emergency operations centers: gather people up, figure out who can help that local unit of government that's struggling with the impacts of whatever incident they're wrestling with. And that, that's why it's important. And I look forward to talking about it later. Why it's important to have a good facility to do that in. 
and then actually do the hard stuff after the fact and say, okay, we spent some money and went up there and did it. Who's responsible to pay that bill? And somebody's got to sort it out. Yep, and we are happy to do that. It is bureaucratically dense work. Sometimes it gets frustrating. Uh, we advocate for um, for um, uh, Minnesota communities on their behalf with FEMA, it seems like, each and every day, because, again, the federal government's pretty generous with their disaster assistance. But it's a difficult process, and it takes time. And I've got some staff that are extremely talented, hardworking, and dedicated to making sure Minnesota communities get all the disaster assistance they're entitled to. And sir, we're just about done with segment one, but coming up on the show, we're going to, uh, one of our guests is from the Minnesota National Guard and another one from the National Weather Service. And we're going to talk about how you're working together with uh, on things like spring flooding and and uh, projecting uh, uh, fire seasons and things like that. We're speaking with Joe Kelly, Director of Minnesota's Homeland Security Emergency Management on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Joe Kelly, who's the Director of Homeland Security and Emergency Management for Minnesota. And uh, Director Kelly, we've, uh, we have we did a little overview of, of things going on. and But now we always get together this time of year and we talk about things like spring flooding and, and some of the things that are be coming up in the spring and, the, and uh, during the summer. And we've got a special guest with us today from the Minnesota National Guard. Would you like to introduce him? Absolutely, Tom. Thank you. Yeah, it's impossible to think about emergency response without uh, giving some consideration to the great partners we have in the Minnesota National Guard. And today we're joined by Major Ross Niebuhr, who works in the Guards Joint Operations Center as as one of their operations and plans guys. Uh, I had the, the uh, prehistoric equivalent of that job uh, back in 1994, so I'm pretty familiar with what Major Niebuhr does. So welcome to the show, Major. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Major, could you give us a quick uh, overview? Chief of Current Operations for the Minnesota National Guard, what does that mean? Well, Tom, uh, first, thanks for having me here. Uh, happy to talk to you guys today. Really, what my job consists of is is trying to help sen- inform senior leader decision-making and uh, kind of direct the actions that they uh, say we need to undertake. So within the Joint Operations Center, we have uh, we would call like our battle desk or – they're the folks that maintain kind of the operating picture and understand everything that's going on in the state, whether related to uh, our federal mission or our state mission. And then we also have an interagency section, which is really focused on preparedness and building and maintaining relationships with all our partners like HCM and the other state agencies here in Minnesota. In general, this time of year, we usually talk about spring flooding. I think it's been a fairly easy winter, but I understand up in the Red River Valley, there's some concerns. Yeah, yeah, the Red River is at above average, kind of moderate flood risk for the spring, which is kind of surprising. But we'll let our our friend from the Weather Service explain that in the next in the next segment. But that's a very familiar track for for not only us in emergency management, but certainly the Minnesota National Guard. They spent a, a lot of time up there over the years with what we call flood fight. And so, Major, I'm sure you've already had lots of discussions about the winter and how severe the snow was and what might be coming up so that you're ready to react in case there's a problem. We have. And beginning this month, we already initiated some of the coordination with local agencies up in and along the Red River Valley uh, just to understand where they stand, you know, what their preparedness looks like. And then we take that back and we've already started looking through previous years, flood fights, looking at after action reviews looking at what some of our key equipment and personnel are and assessing what the readiness of those assets are. So if the call does come, uh, we're as ready as we can be to assist in our, our 
friends up there in the Red River. And Major, unfortunately, I've lived here all my life, but every time I hear about a flood up that way, you turn on the news and there's your Minnesota National Guard soldiers up there right in the middle of it. Well, you know, if we need to be there, we'll be there. So <laughs> They're pretty good at it, Tom. They got a lot of experience uh, at the troop level and especially at the leadership level and the planning level. The the infantry battalion headquartered in Moorhead, uh, some of the most experienced flood fighters that we have. So, General, they've, they've done a lot of mediation over there over the last decade that I've been paying attention. Are things a little better than they used to be? Um, yeah, they are. And those those mediation, those mitigation projects really do make a difference, especially for for large communities. One of the challenges in the Red River, though, is even if you can kind of channel the, the Red River, the waters out of the main stem, when you get out uh, in the in the rural areas, you still have this prospect of overland flooding. As flat as it is down there, and with all of the agricultural drainage ditches and the tributaries, you know you can have a, a flood that's uh, three feet deep and twenty miles wide. We're talking about homeland security emergency management today on Minnesota Military Radio. Uh, General, can you just walk us through if if there's an emergency in Minnesota? Uh, and the local authorities come to you for help at the state level, and you think that uh, uh, you need some help from the from the National Guard. How does that all unfold? How does that work? Well, it's a it's a fascinating process. I've been involved with it uh, on both ends for for a very long time. Um, and uh, Major Niebuhr brought a really good point up earlier about providing advice to the senior leaders because we'll get requests for assistance. And we need to do a whole lot of interpreting and translating and deciding on what capability is really needed. It can be frustrating sometimes. Oh, my God, we need the help of the National Guard. And then we spend quite a bit of time trying to find out exactly what capability you need, where, and for how long. And that's when guys like Major Niebuhr and his team over there come in very handy to help with that analysis, that translation, and then making their recommendations uh, to the adjutant general who then consults with uh, my boss, Commissioner John Harrington at the Department of Public Safety, and they jointly make a recommendation to the governor about whether uh, Governor Walsh should issue an executive order to put those soldiers on duty. So they, they play a really important part in helping us analyze the mission, figure if it's supportable. So, Major, in the Minnesota National Guard, you've got uh, a, a dual authorities here. You've got federal missions that uh, you can be called up and go on deployments, and people hear about that all the time. And then of course, last year you had uh, you were called up for by the state of Minnesota for state missions, probably more than any other year anyone can remember. Can you explain how that all works? Well, Tom, you know we can function like you said under the, our Title Thirty Two or our federal status, and then there's also state active duty. And state active duty is executed under the authority of the governor uh, when he um, creates an executive order. Based generally, it's focused on a specific emergency, and that authorizes us then to place soldiers into a duty status that we call state active duty, which then allows them to directly support, you know, any mission that the governor would put in front of us. General, I remember one mission. I think it was last year, the year before, where someone was lost up in the Boundary Waters, and uh, we called in a Black Hawk helicopter, and they were able to locate those people. Uh, is that something where you got notification or the guard got notification? Did the governor authorize that? How does that kind of work? Yeah, the, the short answer to your questions are, are yes. And if I'm remembering the right one, it was a very interesting uh, joint mission between the Minnesota State Patrol and the and the Minnesota National Guard. Uh, came in at the request, I believe, of the St. Louis County Sheriff. Um, made made the request. So we very quickly figured out that there was an appropriate mission, and and both the guard and the patrol 
had resources in place to do that. And the the patrol with their Cirrus aircraft had some some very cool uh, night vision uh, forward looking radar. And then of course, but it was a fixed wing airplane. And then of course, the National Guard came in with a helicopter and a hoist and helped helped uh, helped uh, scoop those guys out, if you will, take them out and uh, take them out on a sling. Major, your troops got to be uh, pretty excited when they have a, an opportunity to help their friends and neighbors and, and to bail somebody out like that. Uh, definitely. I think that, you know, they really look forward to it. I think sometimes that, uh, you know, those missions can be as rewarding as anything else that we do. Yeah. Um, because you do see, you know, Minnesotans really benefiting from what you're out there doing. I think those are the times, Tom, when when our National Guard soldiers and airmen really feel like they are citizen soldiers because they're, they're ready to go overseas, but, man, they are ready and able to help on a, in a moment's notice on here in the state. In general, uh, I know we've talked in the past, and you deal with your counterparts in other states, and, and, some, and there's a, a sharing of, of uh, resources, if it were. I, I think in the past years we've sent some National Guard helicopters out west to help fight fires. We do a lot of that. That that uh, national mutual aid system is called EMAC, which stands for Emergency Management Assistance Compact, E-M-A-C. It gets used a lot for the deployment of National Guard forces uh, between between states. And we've done everything from fighting fires to using them to, to do heavy lift of uh, large sandbags, haul in supplies into hurricane-damaged areas. Um, yeah, we do that, that, that kind of work a lot. Probably an average of one or two of those missions every year. So, Major, one of the things about preparedness is you and your leadership have to be prepared for federal call-ups, state call-ups, emergencies, and and try to decide what kind of resources are available and how can we help. Yeah, absolutely. And, Tom, we spend a significant amount of time. I have analysts that work for me that monitor every potential um, type of situation that we could get called up for. So I have people right now monitoring drought conditions, not only here in Minnesota, but across the country you know, in anticipation of those potential EMAC missions that you referred to, as well as looking at, you know, groundwater levels and uh, potential flooding and weather cycles upcoming to ensure that we're staying as far ahead of things as we can. And that in turn lets me communicate with, you know, our senior leaders and let them know what's coming. Thank you, Major uh, General. We've got to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, another partner of yours from the, the National Weather Service. Major, if you could stick around, we want to get you back on in the fourth segment. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Joe Kelly, who's Director of Homeland Security and Emergency Management for Minnesota. And in a moment, we're going to meet one of his partners from the National Weather Service. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. The Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs offers support and customer service seven days a week to Minnesota's veterans and their families. LinkVet is Minnesota's one-stop shop that offers immediate answers with one-on-one assistance for all veteran-related questions and needs. You can also visit minnesotaveteran.org to chat with a VetLink representative or to search our large question and answer database. Call 1-888-LINKVET. Almost any veteran issue or question you have can be addressed by the professional LinkVet staff. By contacting one eight 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 link vet. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Director Kelly, uh, I read here that the Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Management has a vision for a resilient Minnesota as we help communities prepare for, respond to, and recover from 
emergencies and disasters. And you've got a special guest joining us now that's going to help you kind of head off and maybe prepare for some bad weather? Well, it's Minnesota, Tom. So, yeah, and we, we, we certainly have interesting weather in Minnesota. So I'm really pleased to be uh, have uh, Dan Hallblitzel join us uh, this afternoon. Dan is the uh, chief meteorologist in charge of the Twin Cities Forecast Office with the National Weather Service in Chanhassen. He's, uh, he's new to Minnesota. I think uh, he came here sometime last spring and summer. And in this weird pandemic world, I have not had a chance to meet Dan yet, but we've already worked together on a number of things including in uh, mid-December when we were uh, staring down a significant uh, uh, weather service or weather system that was coming into Minnesota that ultimately spawned spawned a couple dozen tornadoes in southeastern Minnesota. I called up Dan almost cold and said, hey, can you help by providing some uh, up-to-the-minute weather briefings to the governor throughout the night? And he said, absolutely, what do you want in them? How often do you want him? And then uh, he and his team delivered uh, flawlessly. So he's been a great partner, off to a really fast start here in Minnesota. So uh, welcome, Dan. We're glad you're here. Dan, welcome. Great to be here. Welcome to Minnesota and welcome to the show, Dan. Uh, As we get started here, can you tell us, uh, National Weather Service, a little bit about your mission and vision? Yes. So kind of like we talked about just now, being a building a resilient community to weather. That's our mission. That's our goal. And to do that, that involves getting information out there, uh, getting accurate information out there to everyone who needs it, and getting it out there in a way that people can use, that people understand, and lets everyone understand if there's bad weather heading your way that could impact you, that you understand what's coming your way, and you know exactly what you need to do to keep you and your family safe. Very good. And Dan, this time of year, uh, whenever we have General Kelly on the show, we're talking about uh, the spring flood forecast, and every year it's different, and uh, some years are really bad. Uh, what are you seeing this year for the for the snowmelt? So this year, not looking too bad with one exception. I'll get to that in a second, but everything that we're dealing with uh, leading up to the spring flood season, looking right around what we typically are expecting uh, for the spring flood. So for most areas, uh, if it's, there's an area that typically does flood with that snowmelt, they're probably looking at that threat about average for this year. That one exception is going to be that Red River Valley. That one, we do see a heightened flood risk up there. Quite a bit more snow on the ground than normal, and that's looking to lead to uh, some potential moderate, maybe even major flooding out that way. So, General, the data you get from the from Dan and the National Weather Service helps you determine where's where's the next disaster, where's the next problem going to be. Yep, absolutely, it kind of gets us focused on the, what communities might be at risk and uh, which of our local partners we need to work with. Dan, <clears throat> I think we were all a little surprised, maybe at some higher than average flood risk in northwest Minnesota because at the end of last summer into the fall, things were awful dry, weren't they? So I kind of thought it would be uh, kind of a non-eventful spring. We did have uh, that really dry weather out there early earlier uh, the summer and into the fall, but that has improved quite a bit. And so, um, especially since the fall and this winter, um, areas that were particularly dry now are seeing quite a bit of snowpack, especially at the western, northwestern Minnesota. So, Dan, is that across the state? Do we still get drought conditions in, in other parts of the state? What are we looking for this summer? Yeah, there is some lingering drought, especially the about the eastern half, right around the Twin Cities metro, looking at some minor drought conditions and also up 
the Arrowhead and northern Minnesota. Uh, some drought conditions lingering up there, but all parts of the state, all of, all of the state has seen a notable improvement than what we were looking at about six, eight months ago. We're talking about Homeland Security Emergency Management today on Minnesota Military Radio. And, uh, General, uh, when you get all of this input from Dan, he said there's still some drought areas in the state that uh, something you have to keep in mind. That's going to impact the wildfire outlook as well, isn't it? Well, it does. I was going to ask Dan about that. I just, of course, uh, northeast Minnesota and northwest Minnesota both had some significant wildfires last year. A couple weeks ago, I drove up. Uh, to Duluth and then all the way up the North Shore, and I was astounded by the amount of snow. So, Dan, what does that amount of snow cover on the ground at this time of year portend for maybe the spring uh, the spring wildfire season? Yeah, it certainly leads us to believe we're not going to be dealing with nearly the extent or the magnitude of fire threat that we saw last year. Um, with all of that snow on the ground, Assuming we can get a slow melt to that snow, uh, keep the ground relatively moist, keep the vegetation cooler and moist, we shouldn't be dealing with a rapid uptick in fires in the spring and especially the summer. Um, Last summer, of course, we got abnormally hot and quickly. Uh, We're not necessarily looking at signs of that in our long-term outlook. Of course, things could change and we'll want to keep an eye on it, Uh, but that was abnormal last year and it it would take a lot to get that two years in a row. So Dan, before we as we move away from the the wildfire thing, what are the two what are the key determinants on how things are going to go the rest of the late winter, early spring that would kind of tell us what direction the flood threat could be going? Yeah, so with the flood threat and the wildfire threat, we're going to be looking at the moisture that's already out there uh, in that snowpack and what is coming. And so, like we've said, that snowpack looking higher than we typically are used to, especially the further north you get, that bodes well for a wildfires, not so well for the flooding. What we just don't want to see, we don't want to see a rapid rise in temperatures. That would lead to both being problematic. If we get really warm really quickly, that wildfire threat will go up, that snow will melt very quickly, and that could help uh, get the rivers rising faster than we want to see them and possibly overflow their banks. Like I said, we're not seeing strong signs of that happening. We're not seeing strong signs going the other way either, so we'll have to keep an eye on it. Uh, but right now, we don't see indications that we're going to get such a rapid warm-up that we're dealing with uh, a major fire or a, a flood threat. Dan, this time again, I want to thank you for coming to Minnesota with the National Weather Service and being part of the team that keeps Minnesota safe. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today on Minnesota Military Radio. My pleasure. Great to meet you. Thank you, Dan. That was Dan Hoblitzel, the uh, meteorologist in charge from the National Weather Service on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking to Joe Kelly, who's the director of Minnesota's Homeland Security Emergency Management. And we have Major Ross Niebuhr back from the Minnesota National Guard. And Major, I want to start with you. Uh, We've had some really busy years for the last few years with the Minnesota National Guard, federal deployments and state call-ups, and there's been all kinds of things coming on. I know that we just got a bunch of troops back home from the 1 of the 194. Uh, The outlook, as I've been talking to other officers, is maybe you're going to get a little settled down this year and, and get rested up. Yeah, Tom, uh, you know, the world's an uncertain place, but we are seem to be uh, coming into a little bit of lull from our overseas missions. We do have some 
some smaller units deploying this year, but uh, relatively speaking, it'll be it'll be a nice respite from what we have been up to. So, and Major, one of the deployments that I saw that just came back recently was you had a you had quite a few soldiers out uh, and airmen out east on a uh, cyber deployment where they were getting up to date with all the latest on on the naughtiness out in the cyber world. You know, super unique deployment when you're you know deployed to Washington D.C. area, but uh, yeah, they were doing some very, very interesting work uh, at the national level and really having a significant impact on, you know, America's ability to protect ourselves and and exist in that cyberspace. So very, very big deal. General, the last 10, 20 years, uh, things have changed a lot. Cyber can be just as dangerous as anything else today. It 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 really can. And, you know, usually at this point, during this preparedness program, Tom, we usually kind of uh, bring up the old slogan of it's all of our responsibilities as Minnesotans and Americans to, if we see something suspicious, to say something. So you'll see something, say something campaign. Most of us think about that as as out at the airport or out on the highways or in our neighborhood. But I really do encourage something, keep people keeping with that cyber theme, that if you see something suspicious come into your email inbox, that you report it that you don't click on it and that you do everything we can to keep uh, to keep ourselves safe. We live in a connected world and there is just tremendous opportunity for I think you'd refer to it as naughtiness uh, on the internet uh, and it does it could potentially expose uh, us and our some a lot of our systems to uh, to some malicious activity on the part of bad actors. Sir, some of it's a lot worse than naughty, but but we've talked about this see something, say something before, and, and I, I recall that you said maybe the local sheriff's office is the place to call if you see something that, that you think could really cause somebody some trouble. Absolutely. You won't find a law enforcement agency in this state or this country that won't gladly hear a concerned citizen reporting something that looks suspicious. So don't be don't be shy. Don't worry about uh, being wrong. Uh, we'd rather have you be wrong than have you not report something that if uh, law enforcement would have known about it, they could have prevented something much worse from happening. And Major, I know you've uh, you've you've taught your troops to keep their eyes open, whether they're on the road or or whether they're on the, their computers, and uh, just to be aware that if you see something funny, report it to the chain of command. Absolutely, Tom, and we do all the same things that Director Kelly's talking about, and uh, we're super, super dialed in on any cyber threats that are out there. That's that's a big concern of ours. Yeah, and Major, we just got a few minutes left, but uh, every once in a while I hear a report that one of your troops is on the way to drill or on the way home from drill, and there's an auto accident or there's something else that happens, and they stop and they put their military skills to use and, and uh, help stabilize the situation until the the authorities can get there. That's got to that's got to make you feel really good about your training as well. It absolutely does, Tom. And um, you know, when you see those stories and you have an opportunity to acknowledge and and put a spotlight on those soldiers, it's really a it's a cool thing to see. General, it always comes back to training, 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 doesn't it? It 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 sure does. And you know, it just mind, reminds me of my my favorite army value of selfless service. The kind of people who will. Uh, put on the uniform of the armed forces of this state and nation, uh, will join our formations and uh, do what's right for other people, are the same people who will stop and help when they see a, a stalled vehicle or an auto accident or somebody having a medical emergency. It's just part of the fabric of the great young men and women that we have in the Minnesota Air and Army National Guard. Those are great reports. Anytime we see them, we're talking about 
Homeland Security Emergency Management on Minnesota Military Radio. And uh, Director Kelly, uh, an update. You spent a lot of time in the old Emergency Operations Center, and it was old before. I, I think you probably made it much older in the last year and a half. How's the new one coming? Well, we just about worn the old one out. and There wasn't a whole lot of tread left on the tires, and there's even less now. The new one is, is coming along. We're, we're moving from the schematic design, as the architects call it, uh, into more of the programmatic design, the actual you know, blueprints and construction documents. But like a lot of other folks in the world right now, we're struggling with a little sticker shock because there's a significant inflation uh, that's going on from everything. Of course, we all feel it at the gas pump, but also construction materials and labor. So we're working hard to make sure that our beautiful new building is going to be able to fit within the budget. But it's really going to be, a, again, it's one-of-a-kind, no-fail system uh, in building that's available and serves all Minnesotans. So we're we're on track. We're excited to see it. Uh, rise up with groundbreaking taken sometime this spring. And, sir, we've heard that from businesses all over Minnesota. Wage inflation, product inflation, fuel inflation, we're all facing it, and it's all it's just going to make things more and more difficult. But is there a, is there a, a projected uh, time where you'd like to have that thing done and open and ready to go? The last uh, projection I saw, the last timeline I saw, uh, Tom, and it's and it's kind of contingent on some of these other supply chain issues too, and the availability is right before Christmas of uh, 2023. All right, so we're a year and three quarters away from it, and fortunately, you were involved in building the operations center up at Camp Ripley, so that was a good test run, I would think. Yep, and we learned a lot. And, of course, again, the National Guard, because it's on the military installation up there, the Guard played a huge role for us in the in the design and construction project management of that. This time around, we're being helped by the Minnesota Department of Administration. We've been great partners as well. So, yep. Major, I'd like to thank you for taking time to come to the studio today and join us on our annual Homeland Security Show. Absolutely, Tom. Happy to be here. And, General, we got about a minute left. Any final thoughts for our listeners about emergencies and, and disasters in Minnesota. I'm, I'm certainly glad you're watching watching out there and taking care of us. Well, thanks, Tom. I, I, I do want to turn attention back for a second here to the Guard. I'm, I'm glad to hear from Major Niebuhr that the what they call the operations tempo, the ops tempo, is is down a little bit. I can tell you, with, I believe with all my heart, Minnesota National Guard soldiers and airmen will never take a knee but I'm sure I'm glad they can maybe get a little bit of rest here and reset because we got to take care of them so that they can be for, here for us both overseas and domestically. And we know that there's going to come a time when we're going to need their help with a natural disaster in Minnesota. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when and how bad. Well, sir, I'm hoping they have a chance to spend a little more time with their families this year uh, before we have to call them up for, for another state or national emergency. But uh, what would we do without them? I don't, I don't think we could do without them. Uh, every, every Minnesota knows them a, a debt of uh, gratitude and, and appreciation because uh, they are extraordinary folks, and I, don't, I, I couldn't do my job without them. General, uh, once again, the 12th year, we got uh, we got through our annual spring flooding show, and I'd like to thank you for taking time to come over to the studio and uh, say hello to our engineer, Zach, and, and join us for the show. Always a pleasure, Tom. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir. That was Joe Kelly, the director of Minnesota's Homeland Security Emergency Management, who was joined by uh, Major Ross Niebuhr on today's show. Joining me now is Director Pat Kelly from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. Director Kelly, welcome back to uh, Minnesota Military Radio. Tom, it's always a pleasure to be on your show. 
Sir, I want to make sure our listeners know uh, we spent uh, the rest of the show talking with uh, Joe Kelly from Minnesota's Homeland Security Emergency Management. Uh, and now we're back to the Minneapolis VA and we're talking with Director Pat Kelly. You know, you can never get enough Irishmen on your show, Tom, so this is a good thing. Well, I'm one of them, so I, I, I concur with that, sir. Uh, sir, I understand that the, there's a report coming out of the federal VA about uh, asset infrastructure review. Uh, yeah, Tom. So this Monday, the secretary is going to release a report, uh, and, and uh, it's uh, sort of sequestered for now, but I just want to assure our Minnesota listeners that the, the report is going to be favorable for Minnesota. And so what the secretary did is he commissioned a, 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 a contractor to go around and visit all of the sites of care in the VA, in the country, all states, multiple locations, and, and consider the best way for VA to provide uh, health care to veterans, uh, purchase care, direct care through our hospitals and clinics, and, and where we can fill any gaps. And so, so again, the secretary is going to release that report on Monday. And we're going to talk uh, in detail about this uh, with uh, our service organizations and county veteran service officers and congressional members and staff uh, next week after the release. But I, I will just... Uh, I just wanted your listeners to know that it's going to be a good report from Minnesota, and it's going to be favorable, and, and we are growing in our services for veterans, and we are, we are not closing anything. So it's going to be a good report. Very good, sir. Now, I just have to ask you a quick update, uh, COVID-19. I'm kind of tired of talking about it, but you know, are things starting I, I to get have, back to I normal? I've heard about that before, Tom. So, yeah, we, we, uh, we have actually gotten better. I, I'm so pleased to report, you know, you've been good enough to keep your listeners updated on this, but... Uh, you know, we're still doing masking, social distancing, you know, screening and all that kind of thing. But, but thankfully, um, it has gotten better in our state and in our hospital. Fewer veterans are inpatients and in our ICU and dying from COVID uh, veterans here in the Minneapolis VA. So, so it, it, it's, it's a good news story, and I'm so thankful that things have gotten better. Uh, Director, i got to come back to my favorite question now that things are getting back to normal. I understand you've got a hiring fair coming up. Gosh, Tom, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, we... This hiring fair is, is specifically for registered nurses, RNs. And so, you know, one of the things that's happened during the COVID is that a lot of healthcare professionals have left healthcare. And it's been tough. It's been a struggle for a couple of years, a lot of burnout, a lot of anxiety, a lot of moral distress. So, so we're trying our best to rehire or hire nurses, registered nurses. And so Friday the 25th, uh, this Friday, March 25th, 10 o'clock in the morning and all day. And then Saturday, March 26th, starting at 9 o'clock uh, for the rest of the day, we're looking for uh, to, to uh, talk to registered nurses who want a great job opportunity with the federal government, uh, uh, great care, great benefits, fair price, fair, uh, fair salary, and, and nurses of all varieties, emergency department and critical care and medical surgical and ambulatory care. And so, so we want anybody interested in coming to work for the VA to come and talk to us. Uh, it, it'll, we'll, we'll have a sort of very comprehensive view of VA nursing. And so those are the two dates, Friday, March 25th, Saturday, March 26th. People can call. And if, uh, let me just give you a number quickly, Tom, if they can, your listeners can write down 612-467-4392. Or they can always go to our website and look under events, and they can register and learn more about it and sign up if they're interested. So the hiring fair on uh, Friday and Saturday, March 25th and 6th. Friday starts at 10, Saturday at 9, and that's at the Minneapolis uh, VA Medical Center. You got it, Tom. 
Director, we got less than a minute left. Uh, I would guess that you're always looking for more volunteers as well. Yeah, you know, so we are so fortunate. We have over a thousand uh, volunteers who work for with us here, and and uh, you know, they are the friendliest people, as you know, Tom. You spend a little bit of time in our medical center, and you have people with red vests who are greeters and ambassadors, and others who, you know, escort patients through the hospital and get them to the place they're going, and. Uh, so, so we're so fortunate, and we are always accepting new volunteers. And so if people are interested in volunteering, um, uh, come over to the hospital. We'll get them hooked up with our voluntary services, and, uh, and we always need new volunteers. We are so thankful to have our volunteers. Director, thanks for joining us again today. Tom, it's been a pleasure being on your show. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That was Director Pat Kelly from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System on Minnesota Military Radio. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Major Ross Niebuhr, Dan Haublitzel, retired Brigadier General Joe Kelly from Minnesota's Homeland Security Emergency Management, Director Pat Kelly from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System, Commissioner Larry Herkey of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we talk about the Army Corps of Engineers on the mighty Mississippi River. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at Minnesota Military. MilitaryRadio.com.